I'm interested in hearing your thoughts um, in a moment. And uh, in a moment, we'll open up the microphones for everyone to hear of an item or something that you have had or have, something that you did or even something that you now do that you associate with comfort. So something that you have or had, something that you did or even now do that you associate with comfort. Um, in a moment, we'll have a, a slide come up and it's a, a character that many of us will recognise on the screen. Um, the Peanuts cartoon strip that appeared in newspapers over many years, but also in movies. And as the title on the screen suggests, his name is Linus. And Linus was almost always seen with his blanket. Now, many of you have also seen our dog, Kara. Now, Kara is um, a Weimaraner, and there is a common trait in Weimaraners, and that is of nooking. Now, nooking is, and uh, we might get the video going on this as well. So, nooking that you can see that Kara is doing there is where she basically um, has her like wine runners that it can be a stuffed toy or um, Cara's got stripy there, uh, which is her blanket. And Cara looks at which is almost like a rhythmic sucking and a soft jaw movement, which for wine runners is a comforting behaviour. For me, as a child, it was less about having a dummy to suck on uh, to bring me comfort because my mum said that I wasn't very interested in, um, in sucking a dummy at all. Um, that was until she put on the dummy and, and just put a smear around the top of the dummy uh, of some Vegemite. And once she put Vegemite on that, um, then I would take it with alacrity. Uh, and that was something that brought me comfort as a child. So what about for others? Um, does anyone want to briefly share something that they have found that gives them or has given them in the past comfort? interested in hearing some contributions from a few people in that space. Mm. You, got a, uh, mm. Mm. you got a blankie or anything? Pardon? I don't have a blankie. <laughs> you don't have a blankie? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about others? What sort of things have you used or have found um, as far as a source of comfort goes, if you want to just pop up your hand and, and we'll make sure that we give you a chance to have a chat. Yep, Donna? Um, I missed a uh, Bible study uh, together, um, which is uh, I learned something from God's Word. Yep, from God's Word, yeah. Yep. Getting studying together and that brings you comfort. Yep. Yeah. Uh, for Stephen, um, on the chat was his teddy bear. Okay, Stephen, thanks for that. Um, I think Lorraine had her hand up. Yes, I've got three. My mum and dad, yep. my dressing gown. Your dressing dog. gown, yep. And my dog. And your dog? <laughs> yep. Anyone else want to share? Oh, hang on, Terry and Lynn, yep. Many of you 
know our, our journey with um, our granddaughters and uh, son and daughter-in-law at the moment has been very difficult, very stormy. Uh, and we've been praying ceaselessly, and I know Mary and the prayer group have been praying for us, and six months with them. And it was an answer to prayer. It was really wonderful. Uh, complicated, there's all sorts of things to navigate. But Ruby, our little five-year-old, loves making cards like a lot of children do. She wants to do craft. So she says, Nana, can we do craft together yesterday? And I'm not a craft person, really. <laughs> but of course you want to do it with them. So uh, she wanted to know where the glitter was and we didn't have glitter. So that was the one, you know, negative. Um, but we, we, we made another card. And if you can see this well enough, she chose out of the pictures that I had there in the craft box two of Nana and Poppy when they were younger. <laughs> the one on the left is when we were 17 and 19, and the other one's when we're now, what, 50s, I suppose. But anyway, we have lots, like lots of you grandparents there, we have lots of cards uh, from our granddaughters, and that's, that's really comfort. Yep, wonderful, that's great. Anyone else want to pop up their hand? We'll make sure that we... Oh, yeah, Tr Tracy and Anton. I like to... Um sit in my chair and have a dressing gown on and have the heater going. <laughs> yep. Uh, Especially in winter, that brings a lot of comfort. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Got one more. I, I'd like to share, um, a, probably about 10, 10 years ago, um, I got into um, doing collaging um, with, a, with a woman that actually does it on a professional basis. Um, it, and it's part of um, a journey through our own spirituality. And I, I absolutely love doing it because um, I can, I, I, I go, I'm always going through magazines and anything that I can find um, that, uh, that I can say, oh, I can, I can use this for, my, for a collage card. So I make, make oh, those. Yeah. And um, so I've made many um, that kind of, you know, I can pluck out and, and they help me with different stages of my own journey. Sometimes when I make them, they mean one thing, but when I pluck them out, they, they have another um, meaning for me yeah. at that time. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I think I've always loved imagery and colour and form. So um, collaging for me is, um, is, it brings me great comfort. Lovely. Wonderful. And I'm not sure whether you saw on the chat, uh, but for Rachel, it's her collection of unicorns, which she's, uh, oh. yeah, uh, and she's got a mug as well, <laughs> yep, and, and the beanie. That's wonderful. Uh, good stuff. Well, thanks so much for that. Um, and Alicia will slowly go through the process of muting everyone again. It's not because we don't want to hear from you. It's just help stop the jumping around of uh, different things happening. It's interesting to see the way that people find comfort today in a world that um, people draw from in efforts to show compassion to others as well and, and how we find ourselves in this space of both uh, finding comfort for ourselves but also being a comfort and uh, extending compassion to others. For some, the importance of self-reliance has manifested itself in a really significant way. I'm not sure whether you've picked up on that at all in the media. From do-it-yourself hand sanitizers um, that are 
putting a rise in the number of people going and seeing dermatologists because they haven't got the formula right, to fights in uh, shopping uh, centre aisles over toilet paper. The perceived need to be self-reliant has increased and the preppers in our world look with derision at those who rely on others for security and comfort. For them, having a storehouse full of pantry staples and unfortunately in some of the more extreme um, situations where next to the, uh, the, the full pantry is an equally full gun cabinet to defend their self-reliance. For others, comfort comes from the community and relying on a close-knit group of people who you can call on and share resources. For the Apostle Paul, in his travels around the Mediterranean and in Asia and Europe, he found himself in really tough situations when he suffered greatly. And for some self-appointed super apostles, they would mock Paul and his suffering as a sign that he was a flop as an apostle. Maybe he wasn't a good enough prepper, or perhaps he was outside of God's will, and that's why he suffered so much. If you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 1. While we'll take a few moments to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I want to kind of skip over and around for a moment and uh, go a, not too much of a long way, but to go via. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and Acts 9. When Paul came to faith in Jesus, Paul was commissioned to suffer for Jesus. It's not the sort of celebration that you would think was in line with giving your life to Jesus, is it? The Lord said to Ananias in Acts 9, 15 to 16, but the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And it's interesting that out of all the New Testament writers, no one writes more about suffering than Paul. But also no one writes more about experiencing God's comfort than Paul. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, Paul gives a glimpse of some of the tough stuff he went through, uh, beginning in verse 4, where we read this. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. We prove our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness by the Holy Spirit within us and by our sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and in the left hand for defence. We serve God whether, uh, whether people honour us or despise us whether they slander us or praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored, even though we are well known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, 
but we are given spiritual riches to others. But we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, yet we have everything. Time and time again, you hear Paul being put through the ringer. On one occasion, Paul was stoned by people, and the only reason that they stopped was when they thought he was dead. All this is by way of an extended background to better understand where Paul is coming from when he writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 3 to 11 about God's comfort for him in his demonstrating of compassion for others. So let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 11, as we begin a series that we're going to be going through of the church's value of demonstrating compassion and what that means for us today. Paul, in his third letter to the church at Corinth, writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it's for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. When you can patient, then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves, and we learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. He did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. And you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. For some, when we come to faith in Jesus, we think there should be an invisible force field around us that shields us from the suffering in life. That while tough things and suffering might affect others, that because we're followers of Jesus, well, it, it should all go well for us. If there's something um, who, if there's someone who shatters that belief, it's Paul. Here we find Paul reflecting on suffering and the depth of comfort that he's experienced. This suffering is more than a stubbed toe or hitting your thumb with a hammer. And from personal experience, neither of those things are much fun. But Paul is talking about in verse 8 that we, Paul and his travelling companions, were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought that we would never live through it. In fact, we, we expected to die. Now, remember, this is Paul who has been shipwrecked, bitten by a deadly snake, and stoned with rocks. When you're pushed to the very edge of your ability to cope, 
Who or what do you cry out to? When your self-sufficiency comes up short and your resources run dry, where do you turn? When you long for a drop of compassion in a desert of despair, where do you go? For Paul, he discovered that no matter how desperate things got for him, how big the obstacles were for him, God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. Compassion and comfort are no more necessary in the absence of pain and suffering than a bright torch is needed outside in the noonday sun. But even tougher for Paul is that, that he was not suffering for his own benefit. His suffering came out of his passion for helping others to come to know their creator God. This same comfort that Paul talks about is the Greek word that is used called paraclete. It's the same word that Jesus used as a title or a name for the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14, 15 to 17. The Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the grave gives Paul hope and comfort that this world and all it has to offer is not all that there is to this life. That life to the full is found in Jesus who defeated sin, who defeated death, and will raise all his followers to eternal life. Comfort is not necessarily about um, taking Paul out of suffering, but being present and supporting Paul through the suffering. Though I walk through the shadow of death, not around the shadow of death, Psalm 23 doesn't say, though I walk through the shadow of death, some of you may recall the poem about footprints in the sand and that when there's a single set of footprints, it's a sign not that Jesus has abandoned you, but that he is carrying you through the suffering. Two things are worthy of note in this passage, that the comfort that Paul and his companions received was not an end in itself. The purpose that Paul experienced comfort was not just to make him feel better, but verse 4 speaks of comfort in times of trouble that it was so that Paul could be a comfort to others. He comforts us with all troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, they will be able to give the same comfort God has given us. There is a gifting uh, of comfort to others, showing them compassion and support. And it's not about reciprocity. It's not about expecting something in return. It's not about wishing to sit around and giving each other warm hugs and patting each other on the back all day. There is an essential generosity of compassion and comfort here that Paul speaks of. What benefit and blessing he's received in comfort from the Holy Spirit are to be a blessing and a benefit to others. The third important aspect of this prayer, um, of this uh, aspect of comfort, is about prayer. Paul says in verse 11, and you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered 
so many prayers for our safety. Where they're, they're making a difference in Paul's life is by praying for him. There is something significant about praying for others, especially when they're going through tough times. It's not a simple prayer for the end of their suffering. It may involve asking for an end of suffering, sure, but it's often about praying for God's comfort to be manifest while suffering, that there would be a witness of God's goodness and faithfulness in the midst of suffering. Today, as we commence our series of looking at the third of our values as Northern Community Church of Christ, of demonstrating compassion, it's important that we understand that our motivation and fuel for compassion does not come from some misuniverse desire for world peace. There is something more gritty, more long-suffering about our valuing and demonstrating compassion within our faith community and out to the world around us. There's a saying, I'm not sure whether you've heard of it, but there's a saying that what is in the well comes up in the bucket. As we consider the depth of comfort and compassion that we experience and that we find in our relationship with Jesus, that when we are suffering as followers of Jesus, no matter how great it is, verse 5 reminds us that no matter how great the suffering is, God's compassion amid our suffering is greater. And that just like Paul, who drew from the well of God's comfort, he was able to offer out of his bucket that same thirst-quenching comfort to others in Jesus' name. But if we look to ourselves, to our own resources, we will soon find that we become depleted and run dry. We also don't demonstrate compassion to make a name for ourselves. We demonstrate compassion to make a name for Jesus. It will not mean that we will always be able to take away pain and suffering that other people experience, but it will mean that we'll be prepared to enter into their story, to pray for them, to pray with them, and to support them when they're suffering. When you experience suffering, and find yourself thirsty for comfort and compassion? Do you look for yourself? Do you look to yourself and your own resources? Paul discovered that when we look to ourselves, we will eventually come to a point where we're exhausted and our well runs dry. But when we draw from our relationship with the same Jesus who suffered, died and rose to new life, we will discover and draw from a wealth of resources. We draw comfort from the creator of the universe and God's eternal, immeasurable resources. But this comfort and compassion we experience isn't there just for our own benefit. It's there for us to be a blessing and to be shared with others. So how might we respond today? How might we consider how we respond to times of suffering and times when we are called on by God to bring comfort to others. Well, there's a couple of questions that um, I want to pose to you to reflect on 
and hopefully if technology uh, plays its part, it'll be able to uh, work with us. But where do you go to first for comfort? Where do you usually go to for comfort? In what way does Paul's experience encourage us in our times of suffering? When you think of all that Paul has gone through, what encouragement does it give for you when you go through uh, times of suffering? When it comes to demonstrating compassion, what do you find challenging or difficult? When you think about those that are going through tough stuff and you're called on to demonstrate compassion to them, what do you find difficult or challenging? And lastly, how can we as a ministry team and a prayer team, pray for you. We recognise that our little prayer slips in the uh, in the foyer area aren't there at the moment uh, for you to access. And so you might want to just send a, um, a, a chat or a response to Northern Community uh, and let us know how we can be praying for you. But we're going to have some music played in just a moment. But just to recap, where do you usually go to first for comfort? In what way does Paul's experience encourage us in our times of suffering? When it comes to demonstrating compassion, what do you find challenging or difficult? And how can we, as a ministry and a prayer team, pray for you? There's going to be some music played, and I invite you just to pause and to reflect on these things and uh, what God might be saying to you today. Thanks. <laughs> 